presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. What is this? Is this radio? Is this radio, Matt? I think it is. Well, here we are back on the airwaves after like a month hiatus i think it was i think it's yeah it was about four weeks we missed yeah but hey you know it's all worth it if the red sox win the world series I right guess so yeah it's a price we're willing to take well we're not willing we yeah. have no choice yeah. <laughs> i mean you know you would think october halloween prime time to talk about the paranormal <sighs> but we did our best i mean we did try to get on as much as we could but uh just the way that the cleveland series played out kind of ate up a lot of time and uh, there wasn't a lot of options for us to get on the air because uh, WBSM is your home for all the baseball playoff action. And now they're your home for BC football, which is why we're going to be on the air tonight during primetime hours from uh, 6 to 7.35 p.m. when we will bring you the, P- B- the, the BC Eagles pregame show, and then we will launch into uh, Boston College and Florida State. So uh, it should be a good game, uh, but we are here now to talk to you about the paranormal. That's what we talk about here on Spooky South Coast. At least we used to talk about that. Did we change formats while we were gone? Was there? No, I think it's still uh, it's still paranormal. Which would encompass what? What, what? what? For those who are unfamiliar with Spooky South Coast, what would the paranormal entail? Matt Costa, who goes by the moniker of the Silent Assassin. Well, I guess that would include UFOs, uh, ghosts, spirits, psychic phenomena. Anything weird and unusual. Cheese. Cheese. Cheese is paranormal. Cheese is. You know what's really weird? What's that? Tofu. Tofu is weird. Tofu is. Yeah, because it's like, it's like a meat. It's yeah. actually considered to be like protein. Yeah. But it looks kind of like like um, foam. Yeah. It, it, it could be a topic on our show. You'd it have could to be. tune in. I could actually picture us doing a whole entire show on tofu. Uh, that would be uh, quite quite the show. <laughs> it would be something. But uh, we will be talking in just a little while with uh, Charlie Mattingly of Waverly Hills. Not about tofu. Not about tofu, <laughs> but we'll talk to him about Waverly Hills and about the uh, ghostly phenomena that goes on there. And also, Ghost Hunters was there Halloween night. But uh, we'll we'll check in with him at about quarter past the hour, uh, maybe 20 past, because we need to uh, just catch everybody up to speed with what's been going on here. Uh, and, of course, you know we have we have a hurricane going on outside, too, as well, so... Um, unfortunately, all the power is out in Fairhaven now. We're, we're running here on Hamster Wheel Power at the Spooky Studios. So but we don't exactly have all the latest up-to-the-minute weather information for you. Uh, however, it's bad out there. There's a lot of wind. There's a lot of rain. And uh, there's a lot of uh, wet leaves on the road, which is making it really slippery if you're out and about driving around, plus all the crews trying to work. So we suggest that you stay home, You know, grab a blanket, turn on the radio. Well... You know, you have to have it on already if you're listening to us. But turn on the radio and sit down and listen as we talk to you about the world of the paranormal. Now, uh, myself, Tim Weisberg, uh, I have the chance to get out and about uh, around the paranormal world with our science advisor, Matt Moniz, who normally would be with us uh, here in the spooky studio. But he is actually 
down in New York City tonight for a UFO, uh, I guess you could say lecture with uh, Bud Hopkins, the author of books such as uh, Witness and Missing Time. Uh, he is down there with Bud for Bud's presentation. So uh, we might check in with him a little bit later on. I don't know what time everything's getting getting going down there, but uh, I had the chance to get out and about with him to a number of different events uh, over the last couple of weeks. We were at the very excellent, I highly recommend it for next year, we were at the Mass Monster Mash. Got to meet Lauren Coleman for the first time. Uh, got to meet him face-to-face after having him on the show a couple times and exchanging emails with him. Uh, I also got to uh, meet Tim Banal, who is a, a, a radio host in his own right. Uh, he hosts uh, the show Banal of America. Uh, if you go to banalofamerica.com, you can get all of his interviews. It's a little bit different than what we do. It's, I mean, he, he's pretty much straightforward interviews, but it's great, great stuff. So make sure you check that out. We're going to have him on the show real soon. Uh, tell it, talk about a bit about what he does. A lot of uh, a lot of esoteric investigation, uh, talking to some of the biggest names and some of the smallest names in the field, people who you might not have heard of as well. So you want to check out banalofamerica.com, B-I-N-N-A-L-L. Uh, where, what else, who else was there, Matt? Uh, I'm trying to think. At the uh, Monster Mash? Oh, so many people. Keith and uh, Carl Johnson. No, they weren't at the Monster Mash. No, no. they weren't. They were Paranormal X. Uh, that came before the Monster Mash. I uh, totally forgot about Paranormal X. Paranormal X. Also excellent. Yeah, we haven't been on the air since since that debacle where we no no we did a show after that, oh, yeah. but there was that debacle where we tried to go live from Paranormal X. Um, just Let's not mention that again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> starting new. It's a whole new year and a whole new season. Season premiere. So, uh, but you know, we've just been out there. We've been uh, making a lot of connections in the paranormal field. My point essentially is, you know, we have a number of people that we're going to be bringing on to the show uh, in the next few months that are going to talk to you about some stuff that you haven't heard of, some cases that we haven't talked about. Uh, we we are working on a show with a couple of major local haunts. I mean, these are cases that are uh, have big time activity, and they're right here in the South Coast. So we're uh, we're going to be working on that show uh, coming up um, the week of Thanksgiving. We have Jim Mars who writes uh, a number of books uh, on different, uh, I guess you could call him a bit of a conspiracy theorist. Uh, he exposes a lot of government secrets, and his latest book is called Psy Spies. That's uh, P- PSI Spies, about the government's uh, secret remote viewing program. Uh, we're going to talk to him about that as well as, because it'll be just a few days after the anniversary, we will talk to him about the assassination of John F. Kennedy and uh, the conspiracy surrounding that, because, of course, he wrote the book Crossfire, which was the basis of the film JFK. So we have a whole bunch of great things coming up. Uh, Jeff Belanger, the mayor of ghostvillage.com and author of the new book, The Ghost Files, he'll be joining us. Christopher Balzano of the masscrossroads.com website will be joining us to talk about his new book, Dark Woods, which uh, talks about some of the cult activity and paranormal phenomena in the Freetown State Forest. So uh, we're going to be hopefully putting together a show on that with... Uh, some people who were actually involved with that, as well as possibly bringing back in uh, Alan Alves, who was the investigator, the police, uh, the police officer who investigated those crimes. So it should be uh, should be an action-packed um, autumn and early winter here yeah, on Spooky South. Next Southwest. couple of months are really uh, going to be exciting. <laughs> and as soon as we get it all mapped up, we'll have the whole schedule out on SpookySouthCoast.com. That is our website. Uh, it's where you can not only listen to the show live as it's going on, but you can also download the podcasts. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on any any podcast server you can think of. We're there. And if we're not, let us know, and we'll, we'll make sure we get there. There's some great discussions on the message board also. Always. Yeah. Always some great stuff there. Great family of uh, posters that are there all the time. Um, and of course, we have we always try to incorporate new new ideas and new things. And uh, whenever we do, 
we announce it there first. Uh, also, you can join our MySpace, myspace.com slash spooky south coast. It's another great way to get a hold of us. Um, can you think of any other way they can get us? Can they, like, you know, bumper stickers? If they yeah. put bumper stickers on their cars, we'll stop. We'll pull over and like drive we up. We'll actually them follow you to wherever you're going, and then creep the hell out of yeah. you, yeah, and try to give you another bumper sticker. Yes, because we have tons of them now. <laughs> if you want a bumper sticker, please email us spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com, and uh, we will mail you out a bumper sticker. Sound yeah. fair? Excellent. I think it's a good idea because then we can get them on all the cars around here, and people can people can say, "What? What's Spooky South Coast? Let me go check it out." It covers uh, up a nice rust spot. It does. And, of course, if you want to call in and share any of your experiences uh, in the world of the paranormal, maybe you've seen a ghost uh, spotted a UFO, uh, somebody's talked to you from beyond the grave, or you've had an out-of-body experience, any of these types of uh, encounters, uh, experiences, please give us a call, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. Of course, we just had Halloween. Maybe you had something spooky happen to you on Halloween. Uh, please call and share. And you can always email us anytime, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com, and that's a way you can get a hold of us to share your experiences if you uh, you know, you know want to keep them private. Uh, we do also, I guess you could say we operate as a uh, paranormal investigative team as well. I mean, Matt Moniz is out in the field constantly, and sometimes we join him. Uh, so if you have a case that you would like to have investigated, if you have uh, something that you think warrants a little bit uh, of investigation, then get a hold of us that way, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. And uh, we'll see what we can arrange. Because we actually do have a number of local investigations coming up. And I'm not sure if there are things we can talk about on the radio, per se. But if we can, we will. So why don't we take a break? When we come back on the other side, we will bring on Charlie Mattingly of Waverly Hills to talk about some of the ghostly activity that's happening there, as well as uh, give us an update on the renovations of the property and talk to us about what it was like to have ghost hunters there all night long on Halloween, and they were there all night long. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Don't look now, but Spooky South Coast is creeping up behind you right after this. Hello. Hey, man. You up? No. Wake up. I need to talk to you. I think your house is haunted. Hey, come on. It's 2.30 in the morning. I can't sleep in here, man. Welcome back into Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa. Science advisor Matt Moniz is down in New York City. New York City. New York City with Bud Hopkins uh, for the UFO seminar going on there. I'd like to take a quick second to thank all the people who emailed us over the last couple of weeks asking us where was Spooky South Coast. Uh, they wanted to know why uh, either they hadn't heard it on the radio or they hadn't gotten a, an updated podcast uh, in the last few weeks. Because, you know, you can subscribe to podcasts through iTunes, and Spooky South Coast is automatically delivered to your iTunes. Yep, every time you open iTunes. It's magic. Well, not every time, because if you open it, like, more than once a day, we only do one show a week, if we're lucky. If we're lucky. So, uh, well, if, if you're lucky. <laughs> So, uh, but we want to thank everybody that that emailed and wanted to know where the show was. We appreciate uh, not only the fact that uh, you you uh, enjoy the show and that you listen to the show, but the fact that you didn't just delete your subscription when you weren't getting new uh, new updates. So, we have a call here. Why don't we take a call uh, before we get into our discussion with Charlie Mattingly? Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Oh, uh, very good. Thank you. Um, I'm starting to get into your program. 
just uh, a little bit. Well, we thank you for and that. And I'm hoping that uh, maybe I could get some questions, um, some answers to some question that I that that I've always had, but I was wondering um, perhaps your um, people know that are experts in this. Um, I don't know if you can recall uh, three men and a baby. Yes. Okay. I think while they were filming, I don't know where they were filming, but they were filming in an old house. Um, there was um, an apparition. It was a little boy um, with, uh, I believe, a rifle or something like that that they caught on I think film. I, I think I uh, recall that. The, okay. That... Now, I had gone to a uh, an acquaintance house, and uh, we looked at that. And he had the ability to steal it, and you could see it. You could really, really, really see it. And I don't believe in all this stuff, but that you couldn't, you couldn't, um, you couldn't run away and hide from it. But the peculiar thing was, I got the movie, and I couldn't get it, no matter how I tried, I couldn't. Well, um, I mean, now, um, uh, you said that you're new to our program, so let me explain to you uh, how we kind of approach things uh, in the paranormal realm. Uh, just as with Ghost Hunters or any of these other groups that you see on television or any of these other, um, you know, investigative groups, or what we do is we try to think of all the logical explanations first. And when we can get rid of those, you know, when you get rid of the normal, then you're left with the paranormal. My first guess as to why... He might have been able to pause it on his movie, and you couldn't on yours. Uh, was it on DVD or was it on VHS? Um, it was on VH, VHS. Both both of you were using a videotape. Uh, yes. My my immediate guess would be for that is that one was using a he was probably using a forehead VCR, which has uh, sharper quality and uh, better. When you pause, you don't get the lines. And, and you have better quality and less magnetism. Uh, okay. And a two-head VCR, which might have been what you were using, is a little bit harder to get a define. You get more of a fuzzy paused picture, oh. kind of a jumpy paused picture. Okay. Now, even going back, before I saw the movie, while the movie was being done, uh, back in those days I, were, uh, I was a uh, Tom Selleck fan. And Tom Selleck did say, yes, it did cause a lot of havoc on, on the set. And they stopped making the movie for a while because um, there were peculiar things happening. Well, but then they went forth. Matt, I know that you've done a lot of research into some of these uh, Hollywood, um, this movie yeah. stuff. And we did a show on it before with Penny Dreadful. But what do you recall from, from researching uh, this particular incident? Well, can I ask you, um, the apparition that was in the movie, was that the one that was behind the curtain, kind of in the uh, window? Yes. Um, I... They have a great show on TV Land. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's called TV Man, TV Land's Myths, Myths and Legends, um, where they explored this, and they talked to the producers and everything. And that was actually a uh, a cardboard cutout of Ted Danson that somebody left in the shot. And if you look about maybe thirty, twenty or thirty seconds before that scene, um, you can actually see it from a different angle. Mm -hmm. And see that it is actually uh, Tom's uh, Ted Dance. Yeah, because yeah. if, if you remember so. in the movie, the way that they had the apartment decorated, one of the characters, I forget which one, but one of them was an artist, and they had all kinds of crazy stuff in the house. And one of the things they had was the cardboard cutout of the three of them with top hat and canes. Yep. 
And so from what the producers uh, say, that apparition in the window is actually just the cardboard cutout of Ted Danson holding out the cane, which gives the illusion of, you know, somebody holding a rifle. Well, isn't that something? Now, would they do that on purpose, or would they do that to get publicity, well, or was that just... possible. Yeah, I mean, what happens is somebody leaves it in the shot, and it gets left in the film, and so now it's stuck there. So it never, it, it never hurts to kind of you know, foster that story if it's going to get you, you know, a couple thousand more DVD sales or a couple yeah. thousand more videotape rentals. It's worth, you know, letting that story grow. We've seen it happen with movies like Poltergeist, The Exorcist, The Omen, where these types of stories about things that went on on the set kind of make the movie more popular and people will go and buy the film and watch it. I mean, I would never buy Three Men and a Baby myself because, you know, it's always on television. And But if I wanted to try to find that, I'd go out and buy it. And so there you go. There's a DVD sale that wouldn't have been there had it not been for this rumor. Well, it did look like a boy to me. I didn't look like Ted Danson or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I... I well, I mean, we're just giving you the company line. We're right. telling we're telling you what they've what they've said. Right. I mean, it it could but also be. How do you be, feel about that? What my personal feelings? Yes. I think that it's probably more more than likely uh, that it was the cardboard cutout of Ted Danson. Okay. Only because if it was indeed paranormal phenomena, it would have been uh, greatly scrutinized in the paranormal realm as being you know qu- it would be pretty quality evidence of the existence of ghosts. So okay. it it would be utilized a lot more. Uh, to prove their existence, and it wouldn't just be cast aside as a movie mistake. So um, your program, um, it's originated around ghost phenomena, um, actual um, things that have happened? or Ab- Absolutely. I mean, uh, okay. anything strange and unusual, anything different than what you'd normally hear on the radio. Uh, I mean, not just the paranormal, too. We, we cover alternative news. We have a show coming up in a couple of weeks where we're going to be talking to somebody about the... Uh, issue with all the products coming out of China and the lead paint and all the lead that's being found in different products, uh, you know, things that are a little bit different than what you'd normally hear on the radio. That's our focus. But, uh, you know, the paranormal is our bread and butter. And uh, we're usually here Saturday nights at 10 p.m. That's when we're usually on the air. But, you know, because of the football game, we're starting a little early tonight. Okay. Well, I'll leave your program with this. My aunt died at 33 years old. She left four children. Um. Her husband had died six weeks before she did. I was babysitting the children, and she came walking through the door with this beautiful, beautiful flower. And she said, look, this fell right at my foot. My grandmother was very much into fortune tellers, and she believed in all that you're about, and even then some. She said, "Um, you go to the house, and you get everything that she's brought home from from the funeral, because my aunt was good for that. She would bring things, and I even questioned her. I said, why are you keeping all this? Well, you know, after all, we were married, blah, blah, blah. And I just felt uncomfortable. Six weeks later, to the day of his death, she died. Now, what category would that fall on? Just sheer coincidence? Well, I mean, it all depends on if you believe in coincidence. Some some people you know, choose not to. Some people kind of think... like, you know, I, I think that sometimes they do call out for you and reach out for you. And I agree. I definitely agree. We've seen I've it. enjoyed your program immensely. I will listen. Well, thank you. Hopefully we won't keep you up too late uh, when we're on at 10 o'clock. But okay. <laughs> thank you very Bye-bye. much for calling thank in. You. Good night. Bye-bye. All right. It's always great to have uh, new to have new, uh, new listeners and new callers, and you know we welcome you to share your experiences with us anytime. But uh, right now, why don't we 
put on the phone, Charlie Mattingly, he is the owner, along with his wife Tina, of Waverly Hill Sanatorium in Louisville, Kentucky. It's uh, considered to be the world's most haunted place, and anybody who watched Ghost Hunters Halloween special knows that for sure. Uh, Charlie, how's everything going? Hey, everything's just fine here in Louisville. We're having some great weather here. <laughs> Not us. <laughs> I, I know that you aren't. Uh, that's, that's why I mentioned it. <laughs> well, uh, do, you, do you guys have all the windows replaced yet, or are there still uh, open windows? Yeah, there's still plenty of open windows. We're actually uh, working at the very top of it right now where the, I guess they call it the bell tower. We're finishing putting those in. We're going to kind of work from the top going down. So the last thing you would need is a hurricane then? Yeah, we don't need a hurricane around here at all. <laughs> no, you don't uh, have to worry did, about we, it. Yeah, we had 10 inches of rain uh, about a week ago for in two days, and that was, that was pretty bad. We had a big flood in the building. We had to get all squeegeed out. Well, now... Waverly Hills is, of course, the the mecca for all ghost hunting groups. It's the it's the place where everybody wants to go because it's pretty much the the paranormal proving ground. If if you go there and nothing happens to you, then uh, there's something wrong with you. Oh, lights well, are flickering. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much true. You know, if you have somebody you know you know that's, that that you know knows what they're doing, they usually come out pretty happy at the end of the night. Uh, and then you know we also have the people who uh, who are really ghost hunters that uh, catch little things and. And swear they're paranormal, and then we have to, uh, you know, kind of do like you do, and just kind of explain, you know, that uh, it's not necessarily a paranormal type thing. Well, uh, now we're just uh, we just had a big power surge here, so we're trying to see what's going on still. But you and I can keep talking. I don't know if anybody's hearing us. Okay. <laughs> well, well, well I'll, I'll tell you, you know, kind of how the hysteria goes. You know, when we get a few people that you know that that get actually something that's really neat up on the hill. You know, that you know it's pretty neat to look at, and you say, wow. We really think we have something here. You know, you got everybody else that's going, wow, you know, I've got something too, you know, and then we have to, you know, look at their pictures or whatever and say, hey, uh, you know, I don't really think you do. We just had one that just had people just all up in an uproar. There was a, uh, there were some people that came out to cover the uh, ghost tenders coming there, and it was early in the morning. The guy took a picture of the building with his uh, cell phone. And then, and uh, after he got, you know, done with his picture, he looked up and looked like there was like wings or something flying out the window. So they took and they downloaded it on the computer, and then they looked at it, and in one of these wings it said "no show." Wow! You know, it was like it was in in the in, in the uh, you know in the wing, and then uh, and then they raised their their antenna. They couldn't get any kind of signal to send back to the station, and so you know they got all the big uproar. You know, it says "no show," and they bring it in. They're showing around. So, oh my God, look at this! And now now the 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 uh, the, uh, the truck won't send out the signal. Oh, it was telling us something, you know. And I, I looked over it, and I kept looking at it, and I said, no show. And I looked at it, and I said, it looks like Verizon backwards. What kind of phone you got, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> and it was reflected off his phone. And I said, you know, I said, you know calm down here, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that the history kind of precedes Waverly Hills for a lot of people. Uh, for those who are new to the program and, and haven't quite heard, why don't you give everybody a quick uh, background on exactly what Waverly Hills is? Well, Waverly Hills uh, was built by the state of Kentucky for tuberculosis patients, and they had a pretty big breakout back in about the 20s. And uh, there was a small um, uh, one-room school up there, and then the little girl that had it, her parents let her name the schoolhouse Waverly. And when the state came by, they were looking for a place way out from town to put, you know, in in a remote spot, but they had a really good prevailing wind, you know, because that was the treatment back then was uh, fresh air, uh, they found this hill. And so uh, the state bought it and called it Waverly Hills. 
and uh, they built a small hospital with the large hospital to come after that, and then and that is the big hospital that's standing there today. And it was completed uh, August twelfth, nineteen twenty-four. And then over, and, uh, sorry, go ahead. and from from there, the, the history goes on to many many people going in and out of the house uh, that hospital, and some living and some dying. And I, I believe the number is sixty-three thousand. Well. Uh, you know, uh, that, that, that is a, a number, you know, that, uh, as we're talking about, you know, dispersing rumors, the 63,000, we, we can't confirm that. What, what happened there, there was a ghost group that came in that did an investigation. They said, we estimate 63,000. The next thing you know, everybody quotes wow. 63,000. But we don't believe it was really 63,000. We think that what they're, they were estimating, they were going on the area deaths. So everyone that was in this little Ohio Valley area right here did not all die at Waverly. And so it is it is less than 53,000. But, but nevertheless, there was a lot of people that died. And we actually have um, records where we've been asking people, you know, who had relatives that told us that died there. We are sending in death records so we, we can confirm, you know, the ones that we do have. And we're, we're a little over 7,000 uh, death certificates that we've actually, you know, have online, uh, you know, proof that people died there. And we're constantly looking for other people to send in more so we can get a closer uh, a number on actually how many people who died. Well, of course, the success rate for uh, tuberculosis cures was uh, pretty much 0%. So well, uh, it well, wasn't that, that really was a whole lot of opportunity to, to not survive well, if you went there. Yeah, it, it was pretty much, you know, you either survived or you didn't. There, was, there wasn't a lot they could do for you, really. So now, when did this activity really start uh, Really start happening in terms of, you know, at, at the level that it is now? I mean, I know that in the years past, uh, after it was a tuberculosis hospital and it became kind of like an old folks' home, there was some reports of activity then. But when did it really start to pick up to the level where you know you can go in there now and have an experience? Well, uh, I just you know came across the place six years ago, and uh, and and instantly when I walked through the door, I noticed things happening. I noticed that this wasn't a normal building at all. Uh, but uh, when I when I go back and talk to the people who were that was in the hospital from a long time ago, we actually have an interview of, of an older man who was a child there. He was six years old when he was there, and uh, he would tell us about the uh, ghost that, that him and his other little boys that was in his ward would see, uh, you know, in the middle of the night, and the nurses would come in and tell them that they were just angels and those ghosts weren't hurt, they won't hurt you because they're angels. And so we can trace back, you know, the paranormal activity in this thing back to uh, to, the, to the the late 20s when uh, when some of these stories were told to us. Now, so, and, uh, so I don't think it's anything new at all. And it seems like as, as more groups have gone in there, more paranormal uh, teams have gone in there with more high-end equipment, uh, right down from Taps when they did their first episode there, and they caught the uh, footage on the thermal camera of a figure dashing across the hallway to our own Matt Moniz going there, and actually capturing some sort of uh, something on on camera in night vision. It yeah, seems like well, that, yeah, that was in, in, in a thermal cam camera. Taps did, uh, yeah, yeah, t Taps did. That was a thermal camera, and we we've also had a lot of other groups come up with thermal cameras and leave them in there for you know a, a night or a couple days. We've caught some uh, some similar uh, um, objects moving around like that that uh, that vaguely resemble people, uh, but uh, never a full like apparition of a person. It's usually the lower extremities. You know, it looks like legs walking around or a very short person 
we have one that looks like two children holding hands. It looks like they come up out of the floor and walk down the hall and then disappear. We have that on uh, on tape on thermal imaging. Well, we have the night vision footage that Matt Moniz captured up on SpookySouthCoast.com if anybody wants to check that out. But uh, it seems like, you know, there's more more and more people going in there with different types of equipment to try and see if, you know, it's kind of like a testing ground for different types of equipment in the paranormal field. It's like, okay, it worked at Waverly, so it's going to work other places. Yeah, that's true. We we have people that, you know, that, that come in, you know, like, you know, from out of state. You know, there, there was quite a few people that came in from Colorado, and some of them were, uh, came in with a professor from one of the, the colleges out there, and they uh, they were testing all different kind of equipment that they were trying to see if, if, if it would be, uh, maybe show an entity. And one of them uh, used, like, some of the uh, sonar uh, technology, you know, like you know, a submarine might use, mm-hmm. and uh, where sonar uh, is, is sent out, and then it comes back and reads on a TV screen where you, you're looking at the TV screen, and it doesn't look like a picture at all. But you see the waves as they come back. But if something moves in front of it, you'll see the waves move. And so if you got it pointing out, like down the hall, and then there's no one in there, the waves stay exactly the same. But if something moves in front of it, then the waves change, and you can get a vague idea of, you know, of its form. Oh. And they brought one of those up there. And that was very interesting because when we were sitting there and we were seeing, you know, one of the black mass objects, you know, come in the hall, and we were looking at it, you know, the screen changed. Uh, so right away we thought, well, that's a person that just happened to be in the building or, or someone that wasn't supposed to be there. So we turned on our lights, and sure enough, when we turned on our lights, uh, the uh, the black mass shadow was gone, but it was still on the screen in front of us. And then soon after that, it just faded away. And so there there are people who uh, who who all kind of contraptions up there to to see if it if it helps to uh, find these entities. Now, I, I, I'm not sure, I, I don't really remember, but has Chris Moon been there with the telephone to the dead yet? Oh, yes, and and that was so impressive uh, to to be there right in the room, and, you know, when you hear all the static, you might hear it for 10 minutes, you know, and then you're, you can't really tell about anything, and then somebody will ask a question, and all of a sudden it'll come through, and uh, they'll answer your questions. And uh, it, it is uh, it, it is unnerving on some of the some of the things I've heard, you know, coming across that. It is it is creepy. It's creepy just to hear it. I mean, um, just some of the stuff that you hear, you, you know, whether whether you believe in it or not. And most people that have encountered it do believe in it. But whether you believe that it's actually you know communicating with the dead or not, it still sounds pretty damn creepy. Yes, uh, it was. Well, it does. You know, and and even if it's some type of lost radio waves or stray radio waves that. It, it's just being able to uh, to to capture. It's it's very odd that it happens to be able to capture it at a time right after you kind of ask a question out into the room, and then that those trade radio waves happen to answer your question. And so the uh, the uh, the uh, probability of that being uh, you know something natural uh, is 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 a pretty pretty high percentage that it's not. Well, I mean, I always tell the story to people when when we talk about the what's formerly known as Frank's Box, for those who aren't aware. Uh, whenever we talk about the telephone of the dead, I always tell the story about when we were at Lizzie Borden's and it was being used in the room. Uh, we actually picked up a commercial, an old radio commercial, for a Rhode Island furniture chain that had gone out of business years before. So it just seemed kind of weird that that commercial was somehow out there in, in the vast you know, universe of radio waves and was picked up and, and broadcast. Yeah, Strange stuff. 
there's no telling, you know, if a radio wave could actually, you know, uh, go out into outer space and then actually bounce off something and, and make it the way back to Earth. Well, we hope you know, so, or else SETI's wasting a lot of time and money. <laughs> You're not kidding. <laughs> But now, a lot has gone on at Waverly since the last time we talked to you. I mean, uh, you've had the Celebrity Paranormal Project out there. Uh, you've had um, you know the, the movies that were filmed out there. There's, there's been so much going on at Waverly. Uh, you know, how, is this, uh, how has this affected the way the spirits are there? Uh, I don't think it has any effect on them at all. Basically, we keep the building calm all the time, except for when we just open it up through the weekends to do you know different type of tours. We two tours usually on Friday, Saturday night, let the public come in. And what we found out is that there's so many people that want to come up and see the place and are curious about it. If we don't have it open for people to come up and see it every now and then, that they end up, you know, trespassing and breaking in. So what we try to do is stop all the people who are, you know, real curious about this place and tell them, you know, just wait where we can, you know, organize and, and get you up here, you know, and give you a tour. And then, you know, just please quit coming up here and trespassing or, trying to break in the building or something and uh but uh yeah it, it, it brings a lot of people's curiosity up and, and, it, and it, it opens up a lot more traffic up here but the good part about that traffic is is the reason we do these tours is we're trying to restore this building absolutely yeah. and uh and, and and a lot of people say hey man why do you want to restore the building won't that kind of you know hurt the, you know having the uh, spirits here and I, I said i've never heard that you know restoring the building could run a spirit off but uh you know usually makes them more building. active yeah, it, 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 you know, you're stirring stuff up. But I said, but wouldn't you think it'd be really neat if we, I could make this into a bed and breakfast and you got to spend the night in here? <laughs> I said, wouldn't that be really neat? Well, <laughs> I said, well, I said, well, keep coming and taking these tours. And you know, before you know it, I'm going to have this place done. Sign me up for the first night. But now, when some of these people, though, they they, they, they do go there. And you, you kind of have a little bit of an inside uh edge you know being the owner you get to actually see what's going on this celebrity paranormal project for example what was that experience like well uh basically it was a it was a hollywood thing you know uh you know lots of uh, cameras uh wires all over the place uh you know it it, it makes it so it, to really do a serious investigation is is kind of compromised mm -hmm. but the, the thing about it is is that some of those people that were on those shows were genuinely good people who were really trying to investigate and, and have a paranormal experience. Of course, you couldn't tell all that on the, on the TV. They were in there for quite a few hours. But you only got to see like about a half an hour of it. You know, but um, there, there were a few of the people that came on that show that were really genuinely nice people who really genuinely tried to, to see what they could find in the building. And, uh, and uh, those experiences were great. And that's what I like to remember about the show. But the, then when, you know, everybody wants to talk about Gary Busey, well, Gary Busey gave He's just a nut. I was going to ask you, is he really as I mean, crazy as he appears? Uh, oh, he's really crazy. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's not a bad person or anything like that, but he's just, I mean, you know, if you think it's a, a, a you know, like an act when he's on TV, no, that's Gary Busey. That's just the way he is. And, and how about uh, Ghost Hunters' uh, investigation this past uh, this past Wednesday night uh, for their Halloween broadcast? How'd that go? Well, first of all, I can't say enough nice things about the Ghost Hunters. Uh, those people... I have to be the nicest people we've ever ran into. And when they bring in their production crew, they, they just drill it into their head. You know, you don't, you know, you treat this place with respect. And, uh, no one else that usually comes up here does that. And so, you know, we're really appreciative to, to, uh, the Sci-Fi Channel and the Ghost Hunters for when they do come up there. They do treat us all with respect and the building with respect and they try to do a good show. Now, of course, you know, what you saw Halloween night, that, that again, that was another big production. 
and you know, and and when you have big production and all the people around and all the wiring and all the cameras, it's really hard to do a, a really good ghost investigation. But uh, but uh, these guys really are serious about uh, their ghost investigation. And, and to be and, fair, uh, though, sci-fi does make it kind of a spectacle with the the interactive stuff online and bringing in the ECW wrestlers. I mean, they, they they do have to make it a little bit more of a spectacle than it normally is. So it's it's not people that watched it aren't getting a fair representation of. Of what Taps would do if it was a regular episode. Oh no! I, you know, in, in some ways, it it uh, it doesn't uh, portray the Taps people uh, in, in a good light. If you if that was the only uh, Ghost Hunter show that you ever saw, that that's not really how they operate. Uh, they actually come in, and they set up all their equipment, and they actually do investigations where they they just try to to as much as possible disprove everything that they find, and they try to do a good job. But, you know, if you're running around with cameramen all over the place and people who aren't really ghost hunters, um, I mean, how, how good a job can you really do? Uh, Especially you know, when you have I, Elijah Burke pulling a Brian Harnois, like <laughs> running running off. Yeah. And, oh, that was pretty good. Well, I, I tell you what, you know, even though, you know, we could kind of make fun of him doing that, I don't I don't think that not a one of us one time or another has done something like that ourselves. I can imagine. So, um, you know, in his defense... Uh, you know, it's happened to more than one of us up there at the same time. Now, uh, and then um, you were mentioning something to me before about you guys put on a concert up there. How'd that work out? Oh, yeah, we ha- we had a concert up here. Uh, it was on the outside of the building. And um, uh, yeah, it, it, as far as heavy metal concerts go, uh, we were we were very successful uh, in, in the metal community. We uh, we did a great thing. We had probably the largest uh, heavy metal um, concert that's ever hit Louisville. But uh, but in the meantime, we uh, we made everyone in the local government and the community just very angry at us. They uh, they said they didn't appreciate the music at all. So uh, we have to somehow uh, negotiate and uh, and appease the neighborhood here before we have any more. But uh, we do plan on having some more concerts in the spring. All right. Why don't we take a break and then when we come back on the other side, I'm going to ask you about Sylvia Brown. I don't know if you had a chance to catch her on Montel on Halloween. I just happened to, uh, yes, I, I happen to catch that, so I'll, I'll be ready to comment. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about Sylvia Brown and what she thinks of Waverly Hills when we come back after just a few minutes here on Spooky South Coast. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. Back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. We are here until 7.35 tonight, talking to you about the world of the paranormal. Uh, then we will step aside for BC football, Boston College, and Florida State. Uh, BC looking to remain undefeated and stay the number two co- uh, team in the country. So we will have that for you beginning at 7.35. And don't forget, starting next week, we will be back on in our regular time slot of 10 p.m. to midnight every Saturday night. And if that's too late for you, if you can't stay up, you can always download the show at SpookySouthCoast.com or wherever you get your podcast from. We are talking with Charlie Mattingly, who is the owner of Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, considered by most to be the most haunted place on earth. Uh, the rumor is that 63,000 people died of tuberculosis uh, in that hospital, and there's new, numerous spirit activity. You can find out more about Waverly Hills uh, by going online. Uh, I don't know. the. I think it's WaverlyHills.org is a great history site. We'll ask Charlie about that when we bring Charlie back up, Matt. 
Oh, he's on? Okay. Charlie, are you yeah. with us? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm right here. <laughs> is it waverlyhills.org? Is that the website? No, WHS, Waverly Hills Sanatorium uh, History, okay. whshistory.com. Okay. I knew that there was uh, a great site that had all the all the history, but I just couldn't think of it. And yeah, is that a lot of a lot of pictures on there? It uh, explains a lot of the things you might want to know about Waverly. And that's also the site people can use to get a hold of uh, you and Tina as well, right? Yes, you know, they forward the emails to us from that site. If they want to book an investigation or or find out more about the tours or some of the other events you have going on there. Yeah, yeah, we we love to have people come in and take tours. We're always looking for. Uh, Seriously minded people who uh, who want to investigate, and those are the people that we like to show up, and, and we enjoy meeting new people all the, every weekend. Now we talked a bit about a bit about it before the break, but I, I want to ask you. I watched the Montel Williams show on Halloween. He was talking about some of the the world's scariest places, and well, I watched it mainly because uh, our, our good friend Leanne Wilbur from the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast was on the show, and. I wanted to find out what Sylvia Brown had to say about that, and I wasn't expecting that they were also going to be talking about Waverly Hills. And they had uh, the investigator from uh, After Dark Investigations, uh, Frances Etienne, and uh, she was talking about the investigation that they conducted there. And Sylvia had an interesting take on on some of the rumored act, uh, some of the reported activity at Waverly. Uh, what did you think of of what Sylvia had to say? Well, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say anything bad about anybody but i don't i just don't understand how a person who's never been there who's sitting in a studio uh can 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 just you know know things instantly you know um so you can confirm for us that sylvia brown has never been to waverly hills as as far as you know as far as i know she's never set foot there she hasn't been there since i've owned the place and i don't think anybody knew waverly hills was there until i until six years ago when i got it and um I don't believe she's ever been there, but, but uh, you, you know, and as far as, you know, she renamed, uh, like, the little boy played with the ball. I said, no, that's not Timmy. It's Peter. Oh, well, we never we never told anybody for sure it was Timmy. It's just the, it's the, kind name, of the name that we, yes. just, that we just made up. But uh, And then she started talking about, you know, maybe some evil ones up there. And I said, well, you know, we haven't encountered some real evil ones yet, but, uh, you know, that's, you know. I don't know. We, we we are we are a little bit skeptical about psychics until we actually, you know, find out for sure if they, if they really have a talent or they're just making stuff up. And with Sylvia Brown, we've never had a one-on-one with her to really know, uh, you know, you know, firsthand, you know, uh, if, you know, if she is for real. Well, you know, I mean, obviously she must have some great success rate to have built the following that she has, but. I've never really seen her do anything that has made me say, "Wow, I'm I'm really impressed with this woman." The only time, the only thing I've ever seen her do is be wrong about stuff. I mean, it basically seems like she pulls names out of thin air and and pulls ideas out of thin air, and every once in a while she hits on one. Well, uh, th- that's kind of what it sounds like, you know, on TV. And like I say, you know, to to be, you know, give her full justice on this, you know, maybe in person that you know she maybe does really have some psychic power, but. It's just that uh, it just seems kind of odd that she can be in a in a studio with all the lights and camera people all around her, and she could just start pulling stuff out of the air like, "Oh, that's not her name," and this is what happened, and watch out for this. And we're going, "Wow, you know, how could she do that?" <laughs> yeah, it, so, uh, so you know, we're taking we're taking a lot of things that well, you know, she says with a grain of salt right now, and uh, we'd love to invite her up, you know, and and do a one on one with her and, and to. Uh, see what she does come up with and and there's a lot of things that we know about the building that we just don't tell everybody and then when psychics come up and then they start telling us some of these things that we know 
then 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 it starts you know then we start to to really listen close to them because then we think if we have somebody here who does actually have some psychic ability they can uh, maybe look into the past and and you know and, and and find out some things for us well maybe we'll put out the challenge to sylvia brown how's that sound well that's that'd be fine that'd be fine we'd love to ever come out and you know you can just join right in and and we do have psychics that come out quite often and uh and, and, it's, and it's the same way, you know, when, when people come by and they take a picture of an orb and it's a piece of dust. It, you know, with the psychics that come in, there's a bunch of them that just, to tell you the truth, I don't really think they're psychics. But then every now and then, we do, we run into some of the most amazing people that you just cannot believe, you know, what they do. And then these usually are people who are very um, shy. They, they're not uh, boisterous. And then once you get to talking to them, you find out that, that they are actually some of the people that help the police, you know, you know, find, you know, criminals. Sure, yeah. But, but they're not the people that you see, uh, you know, grandstanding. Well, you and must be psychic, Charlie, because what? that's you must be psychic, because that's exactly what I was thinking, that the right. real good ones are the ones that aren't on Montel Williams and don't have websites and books and stuff to push on you. Yeah, and then when they come up there, it's like you can almost see it in them, and then when they start talking... You know, you say, oh, you know, we've got a real, a real person here that, that really has, you know, a talent, and and we have ran into this, and when it happens to you, you're you're just so, uh, you know, set back. It's like you like you're you're hearing what she says, and all of a sudden it's, it's just like you you sit back and you're watching it, like you can't believe what's rolling out of this person's mouth, you know, and uh, and and it is really impressive, but uh, I would say for about every hundred. <laughs> People that come up there, there might be one or two that I really believe have the powers, and uh, and some people might say that none of them do, but I believe that some of them really do have power to to uh, to be psychic and and tell you, you know, what happened in the past or what's going to happen in the future. Absolutely. Well, we'd like to thank you for joining us tonight, Charlie. Why don't you tell everybody if they'd like to make a donation to Waverly Hills uh, for the renovation and, and, and tell them uh, what some of the ideas that you have in mind with this renovation. Okay. Well, uh, if you want to make a donation, that's great. But, you know, we're not just up here just, like, asking for handouts. No, but we, we are. Like we're asking for handouts on your behalf because that's uh, well, what we well, do Well, you here. can, but we're not. But we'd say come and take a tour. And then after the tour, if you're impressed with what I'm doing up there and what you see, then make a donation. I, I just don't want to ask somebody out of the blue just to give us a bunch of money. But when you come up here and see that we are truly devoted into restoring this old building and all the history that's behind it, then maybe you you know you might want to jump in on the bandwagon because every penny of that money that comes from these tours, it all goes back in the building to stopping all the deterioration. And just as soon as we get all the deterioration done, you know we'll get all the doors, windows back on the roof up, and, uh, back on no leaks, and uh, all the brickwork done. Then from there, uh, we are going to go to the Louisville Metro Council and and try to set up a deal where you can buy a municipal bond, which would be a tax-free bond, where you could buy a bond and actually be an owner of Waverly Hills uh, while we restore it and turn it into a bed and breakfast. Excellent. And so that, that, that sounds pretty neat to me. Yeah, and to me as well. Having been in a haunted bed and breakfast, I can definitely see the uh, potential for uh, <laughs> many, many sleepless nights for people. <laughs> well, and the other thing is about we can't leave it in, in the shape that it's in because it's only going to get worse. Yeah. And so if we don't repair all this stuff and we don't you know, gonna, get this back to you know, using it, eventually it is going to deteriorate and fall apart. And it'll, so won't, we won't it be condemned and you'll be forced to take it down? Yeah, and we'll be forced to take it down. So we have to move forward 
and we have to do all these things to make this building, you know, uh, as sound as possible. And in the meantime, what's one of the utmost things that we're thinking about on this, we're trying to turn this into a uh, green building where it's not going to be a giant energy consumer. Uh, That's very important to us, too. Excellent. We don't don't want to be one more notch in the belt of uh, the global warming. Well, for more information, you can go to whshistory.com. You can find out more about Waverly Hills and get in touch with Charlie and Tina and and find out how you can get down there and take the tour. Charlie, thank you again for joining us, especially on uh, short notice this week. Hey, it's always a pleasure talking to you guys, and you're always welcome up here at Waverly. Oh, and we will be there soon, believe me. I I think Matt Moniz was thinking about taking a detour before he came home from New York City. (laughs) And that's fine with us. Just give us a little notice. All right, thank you. Charlie Mattingly, owner of Waverly Hills Sanatorium, and we will be talking to him, I'm sure, a lot more in the future. Stay tuned. We're going to take a break for the CBS News, and when we come back, we will have more for you until about 7.35 here on Spooky South Coast. Lost civilizations, extraterrestrials, myths and monsters, missing persons, magic and witchcraft, unexplained phenomena. For 58 years, Fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. Fate is a factual magazine containing articles by experts in all walks of life and by others just like you who have had something dynamic, significant, and truthful to say. Keep up with the latest on all aspects of the paranormal, angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To subscribe, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730 or www.fatemag.com. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Where can you go to find hot homemade knitted items? How about Knitbits at knitbits.etsy.com. A new baby in your life? Need a homemade knitted item for a shower gift? The Knitbits has you covered. Sweaters, bibs, booties, blankets, they've got it all. Want to be up on the latest trends? How about some of those funky, cozy socks everybody's wearing? Or knitted handbags and cell phone holders? If they don't have it at Knitbits, or if you want it in a different color, email them and they'll take care of you. That's knitbits.etsy.com. K-N-I-T-B-I-T-S. Dot E-T-S-Y dot com. Nitbits for all your homemade needs. AM 1420 WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. And we are getting rocked by a hurricane right now. The remnants of hurricane, is it is it Noel or is it Noel? I think it's Noel. I've heard both. I mean, is it a male? Uh, I, there used to be a time when hurricanes were named after women. Am I wrong? I thought they were always named after women. Gloria, and, and then all of a sudden Hurricane Bob shows up. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, now we have male hurricanes. You know how you can tell the male hurricanes? Because when you get to the eye, there's a little, little pee-pee. <laughs> I just said pee-pee on the radio. Uh, oh, okay. 
And we're on prime time. People are actually listening. I think they alternate every year. They do. They go from male to female. Well, uh, this one is uh, Hurricane Noel Gallagher and uh, <laughs> the uh, the Oasis brother, and he's uh, he's wreaking havoc on us like we were Liam Gallagher <laughs> right about now. Uh, strong winds and rain. That's our weather report. I mean, we we don't have any uh, internet in access. Phone, so. They instantly become a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> you you work with me all day, man. I'm like this without a microphone. He's always on, folks. I am always on. Then when I go home, uh, I get booed off the stage by my wife. All right, well, you know, we were going to go into the Week and Weird here, which is our usual weekly news segment where we talk about the strange and unusual, but uh, we actually have uh, some exclusive for you here on Spooky South Coast. We have the big, dramatic, exclusive music. We do have uh, somebody joining us on the phones who is a frequent guest and a good friend of Spooky South Coast. We had a chance to take her class in Fall River uh, a couple weeks ago, Matt Moniz and I. Uh, the Paranormal 101 class. Let, let, let's bring her on the air, and then we'll talk about it with her. Kristen Gartland from uh, from TAPS, and on this week's episode of Ghost Hunters, Kristen, how was that? That was awesome. It's been a while since we saw you on TV. Yes, it has. <laughs> so, uh, well, before we talk about what went on at Waverly Hills, uh, which is the, the theme of tonight's show, why don't we talk a little bit about your class uh, a couple weeks ago? W- what an outstanding night that was to be able to basically roam free throughout the uh, the PAL Hall in, in Fall River. Yeah, it was awesome. I had a really good time. And of course, the best part to me, and uh, Steve Ricard, if you're listening, uh, turn down your radio for a second, but the best part for me was when uh, uh, Nick and, and your brothers and I all got to go into the wrestling ring up on the third <laughs> floor and start dropping elbows and bouncing off the ropes. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys were MIA for a little while. Yeah, we did disappear. That's where we were. We were wrestling. Well, I mean, investigating. But uh, yeah. it, it was a great night to to take the class, and of course, you know your your class is super informative, and we highly recommend it to everybody interested in the paranormal. But to add that investigation element into it, uh, just took it to another level. Yeah, we're actually looking to do um, another one, hopefully fairly soon, um, in December, I think. Um, there's an awesome place my brother was telling about uh, down the Cape. And I'm going to keep it a secret. I don't want to give it away yet because I don't know if we can go. Um, but it's a bigger place and much more history to it. So we're going to shoot for that by December. Is it is it a, a public building? Is it? Um, it's they hold a lot of meetings there, but they also have rooms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. So we're talking like a like a hotel type of place. No, it's more like. Um, I guess it's more like an inn. Okay. Kind of thing. Okay. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll help you out any way we can. Let me let me know if you need us to make some calls. Where you know the Cape and Islands Paranormal Research Society they they uh, they're well attuned into the paranormal world down there and on the Cape. So. Cool. And uh, so, what went on uh, <laughs> Wednesday night here? I mean, it was great to see you investigating and to see Heather and and a lot of the folks that we don't get to normally see on Ghost Hunters uh, coming out to Waverly Hills, but. Apparently there was some controversy going on. Yeah, um, and I'm not really sure why. I mean, I still, obviously I I didn't watch it because it was live. Um, But I'm still to this, you know, even friends of mine have gone, I don't understand what's going on. I mean, there's, you know, ridiculous petitions to get us fired. And, you know, we were rude to this guy. And, you know, we weren't rude, but this kid, you know, who, by the way, was a nice man. He was a very nice man. I mean, we talked about his new baby and his radio show, and, um, you know, they don't bring up those points. They only bring up the points that I grilled him. Um, 
Which is fine, but if you want to be a member of this group, I mean, I grill anybody who wants to come in. I mean, they have to take my class, and, you know, I asked him if he was willing to do that. He said, absolutely, he wants to learn. Um, I guess what people failed to see was that he wanted to learn. He knew nothing, really, about the paranormal. Um, so he kind of stepped into a group that, you know, we're already established, and, you know, most of our members have to go through a much more grueling process than a three-minute video, you know? Let, let, let's take a step back here for those who aren't familiar with what's going on. This is something that's called the, the Hunt for the Hunter contest? Yep. And it's something that sci-fi initiated, I assume, or, or the production company. Somebody initiated this contest uh, with the idea of viewers could send in tapes, and through a, a weeding out process, the three finalists would get to uh, go to Waverly Hills and investigate with you guys, and, and Jason and Grant are going to make the final decision on who joins TAPS, uh, taking into account viewer votes. But essentially, somebody, like you said, they just get to send in a three-minute video and essentially become, not only is it a member of TAPS and uh, a cast member of Ghost Hunters? Um, I'm not really sure what it is. I think it's they get to go on an investigation with us. Okay. Um, like, I'm not really sure of the fine print. I don't think they become a full-time cast member. So it's not going to be, you know, they're not going to be permanent addition to the cast. They're going to get to go on, like, one investigation? or. Um, I, I think I'm not – I don't know all the uh, – the fine print on that. I have no idea. Well, um, I don't even know who set it all up. <laughs> but, I mean, not knocking the structure of TAPS or, or what's going on, but I, I'm assuming, because knowing a lot of the people in TAPS that you don't see on television, that there are a number of TAPS investigators who don't make it to Ghost Hunters that, you know, are out doing all the grunt work and the investigations that don't make it onto television. Yep, that's right. And so they're kind of being superseded by, I mean, I understand it's a it's an advertising opportunity and you have to do it uh, to to help push the show, but... I mean, people have to understand that there's a lot of people that have paid their dues with this organization or other organizations that aren't getting the chance that are being handed to these people. So you want to make sure that you're getting the best candidate out of the three that you have to pick from. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I mean, he had mentioned a few things um, that we had asked about. He had said that, you know, he wanted to make that transition from radio to television. Um, that, first of all, that to me... Um, threw up a huge red light because, you know, I'm, I'm sure the videos were, you know, I love the paranormal, 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 but come down to it, it was, you know, I want to make the transition from radio to television. Um, I kind of, as soon as he said that, I went, wait a second, who do you think you are? I mean, this isn't about the, te this isn't about television. Yeah, this you're not TV, paranormal, you're not you know? TV stars, you're not TV personalities, you're not TV characters. You're no, people who I happen mean, to have a reality show about what you do. And, uh, and I'm not downing him in any way. I mean, we actually rode home together to the hotel. I mean, we laughed, we joked, we kidded around. And he even, you know, was breaking my back saying, my God, <laughs> you really ripped into me. And I said, yeah, but, you know, you want to be on in this group. I mean, we work really hard. It's, you have no idea, you know, how hard I work when I'm not, you know, filming, which obviously is, is you know, has been about two years since I had filmed. But that, to me, is not the important part. The important part is helping people. And, you know, I don't get offended and I don't cry and I don't think something's wrong with me. But these people kind of just were like, I want to be on TV. They want their 15 minutes of fame. Don't get me wrong. I think everybody wants it. And I love filming. Don't get, I mean, I, I do. I love it. Um, but, again, it's not why I'm in the group. If that was why I was in the group, I would have left a long time ago, you know. Sure. 
I mean, um, and by the same token, we're not trying to disparage anybody for, you know, for putting on this contest or for entering or, or you know, for trying to win the contest. Uh, we, we just want people to understand, you know, why you would be hard on somebody that's in that situation, why you would want to, you know, I mean, grill them, if you want to use that term, why you would why you would do that, because, like I said, you want to make sure you're getting the best candidate. Matt, Matt Costa, what do you know about football? Absolutely nothing. So if you had the opportunity to go try out for the Patriots, you know, you'd kind of have to wow Bill Belichick and, and the rest of the Patriots yeah. with what you're able to do, especially saying, hey, I don't know anything about football, but look at these skills that I bring. Uh, you, you know, and if you couldn't do that, then you wouldn't, uh, you'd have no place, you'd have no reason to be there. Exactly. So. I mean, I, I don't want to say that he didn't have a place there. I mean, he did win the contest. Thousands and thousands of people um, applied and sent in their videos or whatnot. Um, so he, he, he was one of the three. I mean, that, he beat out a lot of people. Um, and Steve and I actually had discussed it when we were walking um, on the second floor, and, and both of us agreed that we wish we were given um, people with a little bit more experience. Sure. We kind of felt like they were brand new to the field and not really interested well, in the paranormal. And that's what I'm saying is if, if he's brand new to the field and he doesn't have – you know, that knowledge, that background to bring into it, then you have to, you know, you have to kind of grill him to find out what else it is that he can bring to the table. You know, for all you know, he might not know anything about the paranormal, but he might be a first-rate, you know, uh, in- investigative mind. You know, he might be a first-rate interviewer and he can sit down with the client. You know, he might have that skill that even though he doesn't have the, the background and the knowledge, he's got some unique ability that can blend into the group. Yep, and he actually did say that he, because of being on radio, he was very good with editing software, and that's obviously something that we can use. You know, um, I know nothing about it. Steve and Tango are the ones who do all that, uh, and Dustin. I mean, so another person, you know, yeah. I mean, it would obviously be something that we would want and need. Um, maybe if it was done in a different manner, if it wasn't like win a contest kind of thing, um, it would have been different. I mean, he really is. A, a, I think he's a genuine person, and he did tell the truth. I mean, he didn't lie about anything we asked him. You know, um, well, there was a few things that maybe were a little bit shady, but you know, whatever. Who am I to decide? You know, we asked Jane Grant. We said, you know, what do you want us to do? I mean, you know, is this a regular process you want us to go through? And they said, you know what? We want to know if they're cut out for this show. Do what you have to do to find out if these people are cut out to be in this group. Sure. And he looked at me, and he was like, and you know what I mean? Because he knows, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I don't hold back. <laughs> so, and he looked at both, and Heather and I are the same way. I mean, we have something to say, we're going to tell you. And, you know, he said, just be yourself and do what you would do to find out if he is a good match for this group. And I did. And I think people instantly jumped on Heather and I um, for uh, what reasons we still have yet to figure out. Um, you know, the, I think... The main thing was they were calling us fat pigs, which I'm not really sure what they're looking for, but I don't think that my weight, my looks, I don't think, you know, the tone of my voice has anything to do with how much work I have put into the paranormal and how much work I put into TAPS and my classes and to educate other people. And if, you know, 200 people think I'm fat, well, then so be it. You know, I, I'm not going to cry because you think I'm fat. I'm good at what I do. <laughs> you know, we, we know a number of people in this field that have that have made great strides in the paranormal field. And let's face it, it's, it's just not a field full of beautiful people. It's definitely yeah, well, not. Mean, it's not the modeling community. You know, it's it's <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they just, you know, I, I don't know if it's a jealousy thing or, you know, what. But I mean, um, you know what? 
And Nick actually said it. You know, Nick said, you know what? They're talking about you. You know, I mean, they're talking about us. So you know what they're doing? They're actually giving me more publicity than I think maybe I deserve. You know, by keeping all this up, yeah, they're, you know, making you themselves look bad and us almost look like the bigger people. I, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I know that you love the, the fans. I know that you love the fans of Ghost Hunters and of Taps. And, uh, yep. you know, let's face it, this is Ghost Hunters is a prime example of a show that wouldn't um, wouldn't succeed if it was geared toward just the casual viewer. I mean, you right. have to it has to be your diehard base of fans that that you're putting on this show for it's not like it's not like a Grey's anatomy a show where you know people are going to tune in out of curiosity every week and then keep going back i mean you have to get the people that are convinced that this stuff is real or the people that are so ardently against it that they want to watch it every week to just say that you're full of crap and the people that are in between you're not going to keep a lot of those so you you know you want to make sure that you listen to what your audience has to say and you know, when they use the forums that they have to get your attention and they want to use it just to blast you and to co- you know, come down on you because they can't make that separation of you're not television characters, right. you're people. And we talk, we've talked about this with Brian. We've talked about it with Donna. I mean, you're people and you have to live your life the way that you live it. It just so happens that there's a camera in your face while you're doing it. Yeah. Yep. I just wish people would understand that. And I think... You know, I think what bothered me the most out of all of this is there was one person who got extremely violent and had posted something very, very violent and had said that I hope that um, they get raped, they get gang raped, and, they, they, you know, they're beaten and things like that. And I thought to myself, you're kidding me. I mean, that's – I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. And I think people are taking it just one step too far. And, I mean, if that's – you know, they want to hide – behind a keyboard and kind of type stuff, then that's okay. And I got a lot of hate mail and, you know, that they want me fired and, and you know, whatever. But, um, and that's that's fine if that's how they feel. That's, that's, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm not offended even a little bit. And I just delete it and I move on, you know. So I don't, I think people think I'm going to sit around and, and, and cry over this and, and I'm not going to. I mean, it, it's ludicrous the way that people are acting over this. And, you know, of course, nothing has been said about Steve, and I'm, I had seen bits and pieces of um, Steve talking to Mark, um, one of the other contestants, and it was basically along the lines of what Heather and I said. There was nothing different. Uh, can, can I so can I, I speculate? Sure. Steve's on. Huh? <laughs> I'm sure all the girls are going. Well, Steve's hot. He can do anything. Well, okay. I was not going to say that Steve is hot. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, Steve. You know, you're 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 a good-looking guy. I, you know, and, and here in New Bedford, especially, we're proud of you. You know, New Bedford native. But I was not gonna say that Steve is hot. That wasn't the first thought that came into my mind. But now that you mention it, <laughs> what I was gonna say is it's the fact that Steve is, uh, and and no offense to you or, or to the way that the show is run, but Steve's on the show every week. Yep. And Steve is part of you know ghost hunters to these people, and and to them. You know, you're an outsider, too. Be, I, I think we need to remind people, you know, exactly what it is that you're doing for this organization. Uh, you know, let people know what your job is now f- for TAPS. Um, well, I'm a case manager. <laughs> so it's, you know, constant so, emails all the time. And I think, actually, those who sent the hate mail to the case manager, I don't think they really realized it was me <laughs> until they got their auto response. <laughs> well, they, they probably thought it was still Donna. Yeah, yeah, but she's she's moved on to the Ghost Hunters International project. So, yep. you know, and now you're the one that has to answer the thousands of emails every day. 
and 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 decide which cases are worth investigating, which ones to refer to others. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you too, when it's when it's a case that is better suited for somebody, you know, a, another group that's part of the TAPS family, do you refer it to the TAPS family manager, or do you actually try to hook them up with the group yourself? Um, I actually have groups listed by state. So if I'm going to transfer something to California, um, I will go right to the California group um, and send it to them. Okay. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I let the people and the group know. I kind of just, you know, reply, and then I put the other group on there and just say, you know, I'm forwarding this to a group in your area. Um, if you have any questions or concerns, let me know. So you um, are the intermediary to every case that's brought into TAPS, every mm-hmm. potential investigation. You're the one that decides where it goes. Essentially, yep. Yep. so I mean that's a huge responsibility to take on to have you know this kind of backlash because you want to make sure that you're bringing in the best person for the job when you can. Yes, and I'm actually hearing that a few uh, of the Taps family members actually had a few kind of negative comments. So um, I have to say that that Brent, the Taps family manager, has literally been up since um, Halloween night you know, with trying to do damage control. And he's been unbelievably um, just, I I can't, you know, words just are not going to describe what this man has done. He has gone on to message boards and said, look it, this is what she does. Why are you getting so upset? I think he got more upset than I did. You know, he said, this just isn't right. You know, and then I think a couple of the, Taps family groups kind of jumped on board, and, and I don't know who they are. I don't even know if it's true. It's just kind of one of those rumor mill things. Um, but that kind of hurts me because I do try to keep in contact with every single group. I mean, how many states do we have, and how many groups do you think we have in each state? We probably have 200 groups um, that I like to send out, you know, that general email to everybody, Happy Halloween and Happy Thanksgiving, and, you know, Happy Hanukkah and all those things so that – they know that I actually think about them. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, I just, you know. Uh, I'm not on your I'm not on your holiday greeting list. No, I don't think you are. Okay. You're on my, you're on my hate mail greeting list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how many people you know that celebrate Hanukkah, so maybe you can include me on that. I kind of celebrate I it. I don't know if I know one. I think actually you're the only one. All right. Well, I don't either, but I just like to say oh, that well, I do. Right, it <laughs> makes me different. But uh, anyway, aside from that. Uh, it, it does seem like, you know, like you said, it is something that kind of got blown out of proportion. And, and we've seen this happen, you know, in the past where things have happened and, and all of a sudden you're the target of everything. So what are Jason and Grant's position on, on what happened? Have you talked with them about what went on and, and whether or not they thought you went too far? Um, I did. I talked to, to both of them, and it was kind of, you know, after we were done filming, um, and, you know, Grant said, oh, my God, you grilled him. And I said, hey, you know, you want him to be – here, I did what I would think would be a good thing to find out. And he was like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, pat me in the back. I mean, it, no one ever thought anything after that. I mean, even Patrick, you know, we laughed about it on the way back, and it was just like a big joke. I mean, it wasn't something that was meant to be hurtful or, you know. And, and you know, Jay and Grant both laughed, and we're like, oh my God, we knew you were, you know, <laughs> choice word beginning with a B, ending in an H. You know, but we didn't think that you would go that far, you know, kidding around. I mean, it wasn't anything... Sure, no, if, if if they thought you went too far, they would have said, hey, you went too far. Right, I mean, especially those two, you know, they would never, you know, hold anything back. I mean, they would have said something right away. I actually called them very upset, and I said, I can't believe that these people think that I would intentionally hurt somebody. And Jay was like, listen, they, you know, maybe they just, you know, don't know, and they're just jumping to conclusions, and they're just, you know, 
Nobody knows. I, we still can't figure it out. I have no idea. And I'm not going to get, you know, upset about it. I just, I don't think anybody has a valid opinion. I'm sorry, I'm, I shouldn't say opinion. I don't think anybody has a valid reason because everyone's just repeating what the person in front of them is saying. Sure. And none of them were there. No, and no one was there and, and, you know, whatever. So, I mean, but but no one's bringing anything new to the table. It's just, you know, you're a fat pig or, you know, Patrick deserves to be on the show and you should be, you know, booted off. And, and it's like, but, yeah, but why? <laughs> oh, well, okay. So now are you going to talk about this at all Wednesday night? Um, yeah, the radio show, they asked me to come on, because um, I had actually called them. Uh, they asked me if I would come on during their live Waverly show, and I said, yeah, sure, I'll do the best I can to try to jump in real quick. Um, and I did, and I grabbed everybody in the group, and I, um, Josh Gates, I said, Josh, you know, come say hi to the Taft Family Radio, and then Jason, and then Grant, and then the three contestants got on the phone. You know, and it's like, if I hated them, I wouldn't have grabbed them and given them my phone that I paid for and said, here. You know, talk to Tap Family Radio. These guys are great, you know. And so they, they're kind of offended at the whole thing. And I think I think a lot of people are actually kind of behind me going, I don't know what's going on either. We'll, we're going to stick up for you. So, you know, and I wasn't ready to go to war. My God. And if you, if you know, anybody that's on MySpace or, you know, in, into the paranormal community online, you can find Tap's Family Radio pretty easily. Um, yep. And we, we highly recommend it because uh, it's not another radio show on broadcast radio, so we can promote it. Yep. <laughs> if it was on another station, they'd tell us we can. But uh. we, we can because it's on the Internet, and we highly recommend it. So, And just real quickly, because uh, we are going to BC football in a little bit, but before uh, before the big reveal on Wednesday night, can you can you give us any kind of scoop on, on what went on during the um, investigation? Other than, I mean, what you saw, I mean, I can't speak for everybody else. Um, because I just I didn't happen to be anywhere anybody else was. Um, and and we know you're not kind of, sitting down listening to six hours worth of audio, and you don't no, have that I kind know, of time. Poor Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's doing it all. I really have no idea. I think you know my guess is going to be just as good as yours. But knowing I your hope there's something, <laughs> knowing your experiences and, and your affinity for Waverly Hills, I mean, based on the past, there's there's a very good possibility that there was something. There is, yeah, there's a very good possibility. So uh, I love those people. They are so awesome. Uh, Charlie and Tina. Yeah, just awesome. She, I saw her and I went, "Oh my god, hi!" And you know, she gave me a big hug. So oh, I thought that was you, you know. So yeah, they are. Was, they are wonderful. And and what they're doing there with the renovations and and all the stuff that they have planned. I mean, they're 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 taking care of it and they're carrying the mantle. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, we thank you for for joining us and and sharing your thoughts on this. Thank you, Tim. And anybody that wants to post friend. online that that I'm a fat pig for letting you do so, they're, they're right. I am. So, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to shy away from that. I am. I'll, I'll give you, you pictures. I'll give them pictures of me without a shirt on. They can use. I'll give them ammunition. Oh. It doesn't. It doesn't you do matter. It and put, will you put my face on it though? If you want me to, with a with a spooky South Coast tank top on or a bumper sticker stuck to my stomach. How about a g-string? That, that'll that work, too. Because let me tell you, Kristen, nobody's really posting about our show on message boards. So I'll no. I'll be oh. happy either way, whatever whatever they want to mention. <laughs> well, if they don't listen to Spooky South Coast, they're silly. And and people should really know that um, there's, there's someone in your life who's uh, also uh, quite large. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? So they might want to be careful, like, exactly how far they go with this because, uh, you know, Nick's a towering human being. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's a... Uh... 
He's a good guy. He's, you know, sitting here going, well, you don't have to worry about it. You have me, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he even, he even makes me feel safer. And, you know, and he's not even here with me. But just knowing that he's in the world makes me feel better. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. And please keep us up to date with all your upcoming classes. And we'll make sure we talk about him here. And, and, and we'll make sure that uh, we help fill them all up. I will. Thank you so much. You, right. you are an awesome, awesome friend. Well, thank you. Uh, you are as well. And I look forward to getting to see you on TV again. Yeah. I look forward to being there. <laughs> all right. Take care, Kristen. Thank care. you so much for joining you us. Too. Okay. Good night. Bye. That is Kristen Gartland of the Atlantic Paranormal Society and Ghost Hunters with a little bit of an inside scoop. Do you do you feel like you're breaking something, Matt, when you when you get makes, to give makes somebody you feel all warm and fuzzy? Makes me feel like Jason's gonna call me up and say, "Hey, don't don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about my show like that." But no, I, I'm I'm serious. I was not trying to jump on anybody for for the contest. I think the contest is a great idea for for promotion, but the fans have to understand, you know, if that's what you're faced with, you have to make the best out of that situation. All right, well, we have to go to commercial now. When we come back on the other side, it'll be BC football. So uh, until next week when we're back here at 10 p.m., we want you all to stay spooktacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. I've got another supernaturalist.